Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Hello, everyone. We are so thankful that you are tuning in to another episode of the Equip Podcast. Today, I have Debbie Stewart with us. She is the Women's Minister of Green Acres Baptist Church in Tyler, and I am Taylor Gibson, the Women's Ministry Associate. Debbie, we are so excited to have you here today. I'm so excited. This is our first podcast. Lord bless it. Oh, I'm excited. Debbie, what are we talking about today? We are talking about my favorite subject, marriage. Oh, it's going to be fun. You know, John Mark and I have been married. Well, I should go back and explain John Mark. That's my sweetheart's name, John Mark. Now, it's because several people say it takes two disciples to keep me in line, John and Mark. (laughs) So as we talk about marriage today, you'll need to know that comes from a very strong-willed woman's side of that. Oh, I'm excited to hear your insight on that. And as a strong-willed woman myself, my husband might be glad that I'm participating in this conversation. <laughs> well, after 37 years, I think we're going to make it. You know, I think I think we're hitting our stride. I think we'll be all right. So how did y'all meet 37 years ago? We were high school sweethearts. Aww. That man had me at Hello Darling. I was, I was gone. Oh, that is so sweet. Uh, tell us about your wedding. Did y'all have anything special or unique to y'all as a couple? Uh, you know, we did something special that I didn't realize it at the time, but my mom and I, and, and my mom already lives in heaven and has been mm-hmm. since uh, about four years after I was married. And we took a picture together. And then Haley and I, on her wedding day, created that exact same picture. So I have those two pictures side by side, and that has been very meaningful to me. I love that. That special moment that Mm -hmm. is fulfilled later in the life Mm -hmm. of your daughter. So sweet. Uh, As a newlywed myself, I've been married four months. Is there (laughs) anything, if you could go back and tell your newly married self, that you would um, share or change or just tell her? Oh, girl, there's a ton. (laughs) But the main thing in our marriage that I had to do with is I would tell myself to process pain correctly. Uh, I did not grieve properly. Uh, We weren't married, but a few years and different tragedies happened in our family. And I was 23, had zero maturity and minus zero in the spiritual depth. And I, I, I did not process those difficulties well at all. And in doing so, I was destructive to our marriage, my words, uh, my attitude. You know, they say hurting people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And as much as John Mark tried, I really needed another woman. And it wasn't until another woman stepped into my life, a mentor. As a matter of fact, it was a mentoring program at our church. She stepped into my life through that process, and she began to unfold and show me what the Bible says to a wife, what a Bible says, what the Bible says, God's Word says to husbands and wives. And I didn't know there was a role. There is a biblical role of womanhood giving to us in scripture. I didn't know that until she pointed that out and helped me to see some of those things. And I realized I wasn't doing things right. So I kind of wish I had known then what I know now. Okay. So you're talking about roles and some of our listeners may not be familiar with roles in marriage. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I'd love to. And it's right out of God's word. And it's very interesting. It's in Genesis two verses 15 through 18. And God 
gives the man a role, and that man is to be the head, the helper, the provider, the leader, and then he gives a woman a role. As a matter of fact, I'd love to read it to you. It's Genesis 2, 18, and the Bible said, It is not good for the man to be alone, and I will make a companion who will boss him. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean boss. That was my own translation. I will make a companion who will help him. And so our God-given role as defined, as assigned by God is to be the helper. And I remember when my mentor first explained that to me and showed me that in scripture, I thought, well, who's going to help me? If I'm the one helping him, who's going to help me? And I was delighted to learn that the Holy Spirit helps you when you stick to your role and you work within the the boundaries that the Lord gave. And it's not intended to be limitation. Uh, This is not about equality or intelligence. This is about structure and function, how the Lord wants you to function. Think of it as like a Broadway play, like a Cinderella Broadway play. And uh, uh, Cinderella has been learning her role. That's what she does every single time they get out on stage. She plays the role of Cinderella. Mm -hmm. She does not have the luxury to walk on stage one night and say, I'm tired of doing Cinderella. I don't want to do that. I want to play the ugly stepmother or something like that. No, you have to function within your role, and that's what makes it work. So, I mean, can you imagine a play where Cinderella decided to be the ugly stepmother not, and there's not, no Cinderella? There's she's no not point. prepared for it. She does not know those lines. She does not know any of those aspects about that other role. And the role of helper, the definition, now get this, this is very complex, very, very comprehensive. It means one who helps. Wow, that was profound right there. There you go. <laughs> That's it in a nutshell, one who helps. So I wanted to learn, what does it mean? If this is the assignment Lord has given me to be the helper, I want to not only do that, I want to be the best helper that ever walked the face of the earth. And I want to be happy in doing it. You may have heard the phrase, uh, happy wife, happy life. I like that phrase. I I quote that to my husband sometimes (laughs) when he's making me mad. (laughs) It's unfortunately very true. And we know too, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. True. And so when you're learning to function in your role, that's where you will find happiness. That's where you find your joy. Well, as you're talking about roles and thinking about another church word that we use a lot and that has sometimes been a negative word for many women, uh, and that is the word submission. Mm. And sometimes that has gotten twisted up in our culture and it has been used by men in abuseful situations or to try to reign over their wives. Can you tell us what it looks like to biblically submit to your husband? Oh, it has been abused. I totally agree. And I've met with a lot of women um, who th- who've just, it's been misunderstood and miscommunicated. And before I get too deep into that, let me mention this as well. Do you know what the top two fears of men are? I mean, this is across the board. This is not Baptist or saved or not. This is like universal statistic. What are the top two fear by far of men? Do you know what they are? No idea. So the first one is this. One of the top fears is men is not being respected. Mm. And the second is trying to be controlled. So the top two fears of men, not being respected and trying to be controlled. Now, do you know what the number one, what would you guess would be the number one fear of a woman? Not being loved. Not being loved. Mm. That's exactly right. I think that's why the Bible addresses this in First Peter chapter 3. Well, before I go there, let me just say about Ephesians. You remember in Ephesians 5 where the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't return that by saying, uh, Wives, love your husbands. It doesn't say that at all. It says, Wives, 
respect your husbands. So the Lord laid this out. I guess he knew long ago, these were going to be the the avenues of fears. And so how do we respect? That's where that word submission comes in. How do we respect our husbands? And then how do they show love to us? Since this is a, a thing on marriage, as we're learning to function in our roles, first Peter chapter three says this, and I like to refer to this when, when women say, oh, I can't change my husband. I can't change my husband. I'm like, or can you? Or can you? Oh, are you about to tell us something big here? <laughs> First Peter chapter 3. Wives, you are to accept the authority of your husbands, even those who refuse to accept the good news. Here it is. Your godly lives will speak to them better than any words, and they will be won over by watching your pure and godly behavior, not by your words. So you said your godly lives, not your complaining to your best friend about it? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. So the Lord is letting us know, darling, here's here's how you win him over. This is how you begin to be used by me at work in their life. So submission is really the, a good word for some support, to come under and lift up. It's not a um, a doormat that somebody runs over you with. It is not permission for husbands to abuse their wives emotionally or physically or uh, spiritually or any other way. It is wives to come under. The, the Bible never intended and talks about that for women to be abused uh, in any way or to be under uh, the foot, so to speak. That's not what submission is. It's really support. Uh, let me give you Shirley Dobson of all the people that are going to speak about submission. I love her definition. She says this, submission is ducking so the Lord can whack him. <laughs> and in a way, that's exactly what it is. Exodus 14, 14 says, keep silent and the Lord will fight for you. Mm, that's good. Well, and it seems like as we're reading these different scriptures and talking about biblical submission and biblical roles, that when all, we are fitting in our roles and working in our roles in harmony of the husband loving the wife and the wife respecting the husband, submission is something that seems like would come naturally in that. Absolutely. And some of that is our is our family of origin, what we were raised mm-hmm. and what we were modeled in. You know, I, uh, I say all the time I was, I came from a long line of wackadoos, you know, just some craziness in the family, some dysfunction. My mom was our first generation Christian. And so you have to think about what family you were raised in and what developed and what happened in that, in that dynamic. And so like in our family, in the area of communication, we had shouters, we had door slammers, we had the silent surgeon, you know, you're getting the silent treatment. We had the scoreboarders. I'm, I'm keeping score in 1971 when you did this. I mean, we had all kinds of dysfunction in communication. And so communication is a big part of submission. And the Bible says that words give life. We can use words to build up and we can use words to tear down, mm-hmm. especially our marriages. Oh, absolutely. And I think we see that all the time, whether it's the reality TV show that we're mm-hmm. watching or mm-hmm. even in churches, but we don't always talk about it in churches. Um, and that's so good that mm-hmm. role, that on submission. I think that is um, so encouraging to hear a positive spin on on submission when a lot of times that's a word that's used to beat women down. Well, and that's the avenue where the Lord can work. He's looking in a marriage. He's looking for somebody to work through. Is it going to be you? Are we going to work and function in our roles so that the Lord can use us to build the strong marriage? And that's why it's important to build the marriage on the foundation on the roles, or you won't be able to build a strong marriage at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you mentioned at the beginning when we were introducing you that you are a strong-willed, passionate woman. How does this affect your submission and letting your husband lead your family and your roles and all of that? 
a lot of it is a timing thing for me. So at work, I'm the leader. I have to make the decisions. I have to uh, decide the budget. The, really, the buck stops with me, and I have mm-hmm. to take that leadership mm-hmm. role. And I learned, unfortunately, the hard way when I, when I was married, uh, that strong-willed tenacity and that tendency that I have just spilled right over into home life. And I began to boss him, not help him. And uh, I realized that was destructive to our marriage. And so, again, with a mentor in my life and really with the help of my husband and asking him to help me to be that helper to him that I wanted to do that. So um, God calls, God makes, God develops strong-willed women to accomplish his plan and purpose. But if you try that and you wear that hat at home, that's never going to work. And so I've learned for me, it's kind of a switch. It's kind of a hat that I take off when I'm at at work. I have the leader hat, the leader role, and I want to function well and strong. And being at home, being a helper doesn't mean you're some wimpy, whiny, um, mousy, woman. That's not what that means. The the hardest thing for me to ever do was to be the helper and to keep my mouth shut in a lot of times when I'm at home. But to realize those roles, uh, when I walk through my front door at home, my role has changed and I need to be sure to follow in line with that role. I remember one time we were talking and you told me in the strong-willed sense, if you don't bend, you're going to break. That's exactly right. I can see how that would fit in here with being strong-willed. If you are not willing to bend and submit to your husband's authority and the Lord's authority, you're going to break real quick. You will. And and another thing that I learned to do is at my front door or when I pulled into the garage, depending on where we were living at the time, I would have the mentality of check this at the door. Mm-hmm. So I, I would usually like even leave back in those days, I had a briefcase and some things like that, that I would carry or, or all of my work things. Mm-hmm. I would typically just leave those at the door to help me mentally go, you know what? I check this at the door because when I walk through this threshold, my role is different. And I want to model that for our kids as well. Yeah. So how did that affect as you were raising your kids? How did that affect your strong-willed, passionate leadership self and your husband leading your family? Did that was that difficult in parenting? No, it really wasn't. It become it became more natural to me as I began to work in that helper role, so to speak. One thing that I loved doing is, and I wanted to be sure our kids heard this, is I, I would ask John Mark usually at the end of every day, or at the beginning of every day, what can I do to help you today? Again, if I'm this is my role, this is what the Lord has asked me to do. I want to do it right. I want to do it w- well. So I would always ask him, and and my kids would ask about that, and I'd love explaining to them why I did that. And let me just say another thing about husband. Husbands loving their wives. One thing that John Mark did, this is a little bit on the personal level, but these podcasts are relevant. They're real. And we're just going to get raw. Uh, I remember when, when I'd get home and we'd be in the kitchen, we'd work together, getting dinner together and whatnot. Uh, sometimes his hands would just be loving me and touching and uh, all these things. I'm like, honey, don't do that in front of the kids, you know? And this is what he said. I never forgot that. He said, I want to be sure my kids know that I love their mama. And I thought, you know, that's his way of demonstrating another sweet thing that he has done um, most days is when we've prayed together at the end of the prayer, he would always say, and Lord, thank you for my smoking hot wife. (laughs) Now, I realize, Taylor, that I am not a smoking hot wife. I get that. But it's how we pray for one another. It's how we refer to one another. And that has always just built me up and made me feel great. And so I've always referred to him as my man. And when we're with friends or when we're in other people, my way to respect him is to compliment him, Mm -hmm. to admire him in front of other people, to let them know that's my man. And in an old country Western song, girl, I'm going to stand by my man. And the Lord has given us the home as our domain, 
and we better own it. Oh, I love that. That's such a sweet way of him subtly encouraging you through prayer and in front of your children. And I love that you compliment him in front of other people. That sounds like such a great challenge to women to look for ways to compliment your husband when you're in conversations with other people, yeah. whether he's there or not. Absolutely. They need to know he, you are as crazy about him and even more so than the time you first laid eyes on him. Oh, so sweet. Well, as we wrap up today, is there anything else you want to share about marriage before we get to our last two questions? Uh, I think that it's important that we realize the role is not so much like my biblical womanhood. My role is not so much between me and John Mark. My role is between me and the Lord. Mm. My problem was I, I made things between me and John Mark. Oh, this is between me and you. And this is about you. This is what you said. Really, it's about an obedience issue to the Lord. And I want to remind myself and remind women today, this is a thing between you and your Lord. Uh, another definition of submission that I loved, I think this was Nancy Lee DeMoss. She said, a gift a woman gives to the man that she loves, that she or she has promised to love, is the submission to the Lord she loves. It's really submission to the Lord, not so much to Him. Which makes it even better because the Lord it, is perfect in every sweet. way. It's sweet. sweet. Find your sweet spot, girls. Well, Debbie, thank you for joining us on the podcast today and sharing about marriage and submission in our roles in marriage. Before we go, we have two questions that we ask every guest. Yes. What are you learning and what are you loving? Well, I'm sure you probably want a spiritual answer to this, but let me give you the real and the fun answer. Here's what I am learning right now. I'm learning all about basketball and Michael Jordan and basketball statistics because okay. I have a six-year-old grandson who is obsessed with basketball. And when he asked me, Dodie, that's my grandmother's name, Dodie, will you put on your Michael Jordan basketball jersey and play basketball with me? Wait, you have a Michael Jordan I basketball jersey? I do indeed jersey? have a basketball I do. Oh, she does. And I'm learning all about basketball and statistics. And yes, I will put on my jersey and my basketball socks and basketball shorts and play basketball with you. So now you know I'm a confirmed weirdo. Oh, that sweet boy. Oh, I love and another thing that. I'm learning is the other grandson, Luke, he's three and a half. He is obsessed with um, construction equipment. Okay. So I'm learning all about excavators and bulldozers and backhoes and skimmers or something else like that. So I'm learning everyone. And isn't it funny? Every one of those uh, construction equipment pieces, they all have their role. The backhoe does a certain thing. The bulldozer does a certain thing. And so does the excavator. So I'm learning weird boy stuff. I love it. What a diverse woman that you are in all of your knowledge of things. <laughs> what are you loving? Uh, I love watching the sunset from my back, from my back porch. And what people probably don't know about that is I love drinking an ice cold root beer while I do. <laughs> like a root beer float or just plain root just beer? Just a root beer. A&W root beer. Oh. So uh, for me, I used to be so uh, wrapped up in activity. There were a lot, a lot of things going on and still are. But I've learned now uh, over the years to slow the pace and then to enjoy some moments like that. So I stopped some other things and sit outside and take about 30 minutes to watch the sunset. It's so interesting how it looks different every night based on the weather for that day. And that's probably true of our marriages. Mm -hmm. Every night when we get ready to crawl in bed with the one, the one that we have committed to give our whole heart for our whole life to, the weather through the day is going to depend how that sun sets that night. Man. But it's still beautiful. It can it's still be beautiful, still beautiful regardless. Absolutely. I love that. Well, it's thank been you. fun today. Thank you, Debbie, for sharing with us. And I hope that you will come back and join us for another episode. Look forward to it.
Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.